And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. This is Group Therapy. Uh, it's our time of the week where we get to sit down, all three of us editors here at the Livingston Parish News, to talk about what's going on here in Livingston Parish. I am joined by my fellow cohort, cohorts. There it is. Uh, it isn't even that early. Should, it's a, should, it's a, man, it's almost lunchtime. I know. I, I shouldn't, be, shouldn't be having problems like that, <laughs> but here we are. So we are going to let them introduce themselves. We're going to start on the viewer's right. Hey, this is David Gray, Lifestyle Editor with the Livingston Parish News. And on the left. Hey, this is Rob Arman. I'm the Sports Editor here at the Livingston Parish News. And boy, they have gotten really good at who's on the viewer's right and who is on the viewer's left. You have to think about it sometimes. Yeah. So first and foremost, I uh, do want to remind folks my little uh, 20 seconds of this show. I uh, did have a chance to sit down and speak with Buddy Mincy Jr., state representative. Kind of gave a 32,000 foot, uh, his perspective on the legislative session in 2021, as well as a wrap-up on his bills. We did a podcast on that. There's also a story in Thursday's newspaper, so please check that out. So first and foremost, with this show, we're going to start with Mr. David Gray, because there was a rain out in Walker. They went ahead and, and, and called their 4th of July off. But two other places went forward with it. That would be Lachin and Denham Springs, as well as the town of Livingston. And I believe you got a chance to go by both places, correct? Yes, that was a pretty busy day. Until, well, it was busy until then it started really raining. So it kind of like uh, stopped it short for me because, you know, I don't want to get that expensive camera equipment all wet. But no, it was a good time. Uh, like you said, Denham, Lachin Brewing Company, they're, you know, a new business in the downtown Antique Village, and they wanted to do a 4th of July thing this year, and uh, Lachin, their big thing is Lachin means the dog, so that's, you know, what they're, you know, kind of, uh, they associate themselves uh, as, you know, dog lovers, so they wanted to turn their Independence Day party into also a benefit for the Denham Springs Animal Shelter. So there was a dunking booth and then a hot dog eating contest and proceeds from both those things went to the animal shelter and they raised, uh, I think it was, they put it up yesterday, it was around $800, $900, something like that. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, a nice chunk for the animal ch- shelter because every, you know, every dollar counts for those organizations. So they had that and then in town of Livingston, they, they were trying to do uh, the new mayor there, JT Taylor, uh, he... He wanted to, you know, kind of start a new thing. So they they moved it normally. The their Fourth of July celebration is at Circle Drive Park, which is right across from Town Hall. They moved it to the I forget the name of the field, Sartwell Memorial Fields. Correct. The right. the baseball field is right next to Doe Elementary, where the high school baseball and softball teams play. So they moved the celebration there and. Their big plan was to have a big kickball tournament, and they had a you know a bunch of teams register for it. It was going to be something that went on for a few hours that day, and then after each team played one game, it just rained out. So I got there because I was trying to time it up to where I could go to both, and I got there right after the first games had ended, and it was storming. So they kind of stopped that. But there was a bunch of uh, – they decided to uh, – they had a bunch of water balloons already ready. So, like, you know, they still found a way to have fun in the rain, even though, like I said, they kind of the big draw of that uh, of that event was going to be the kickball tournament. They had to kind of stop that, but they were still able to do their fireworks. So, I mean, they had a good time there. And like I said, with Shin, they had that, that hot dog eating contest. There was a there was probably a couple hundred people that were watching police officers and firefighters kind of go at it for 10 long minutes, which. Uh, yeah, I was getting kind of sick looking at the photos and editing those photos the day after. It was yeah, my and I don't I don't like hot dogs, so that was 
That was pretty gross. But uh, one guy. You don't like hot dogs. No, 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 no. I do not. Especially those kind of hot dogs where it is no condiments. It is just the meat and the bun. And I guess with a dip of water because that's pretty much the only way you could guzzle them down so fast. But one guy ate 11 hot dogs in 10 minutes. So that just kind of shows you how gross that was. (laughs) And uh, the firefighters won. They had 31 uh, among the four of them and the police officer had 25. So it was, like I said, it was really gross, but really fun. That that was my weekend. How about (laughs) y'all's? Definitely no Joey yeah. Chestnut, that's for sure. Yeah, one, yeah, that one of them gave them the, the gave himself that nickname because they all got to choose funny nicknames, uh, you know, when they were being introduced, and uh, one of them chose Joey Chestnut, and he was hoping to get to that seventy six world record, but that was not happening there. So no, uh, and and Joey, I believe, broke his own record, and uh, what's very interesting uh, about that is that you know a lot of people like to talk about. The, the greatest of all time are the GOATs in sports. If you want to talk about consecutive championships, Joey Chestnut is is untouched. Yes. It's not even close. Seems so, like he, he uh, tops the record every year, too. I'd, you wonder what that training regimen is like. Yeah. Speaking of sports, jumping over to Mr. Rob DeArmond here, we have had quite a coaching carousel this summer. And yet again, we have some uh, sweeping and breaking news coming in as we're sitting down um, to do the podcast. So we took a break for a little bit before we came in here. Tell us what's going on at Holden. I uh, I, I don't know what the deal is with uh, Wednesday morning and, and coaching changes, but it seems like we've been doing this, you know, for probably a month, two months, something like that, with coaching changes and moves and things like that. But uh, uh, we're yeah sitting in the in the staff meeting and uh, Coach Bowers, Lindsey Bowers at at holding post uh, that she's leaving. Uh, she's going to going to Texas. Her wife Lana, who's a uh, was an assistant at Denham Springs on their with their program, is from Texas. So they're moving. Uh, Lana got a job in Texas, so they're moving to Texas. Just found out uh, this morning. Uh, she was able to go talk to the team, uh, and she said it's kind of a whirlwind type deal, where uh, you know you start talking about it, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is really happening. You right. Know? The and, the pieces just start and falling so into everything place. Everything just just starts to fall into place. Uh, she says. She's uh she's filling out an application right now, and she's just they're kind of taking a leap of faith and 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 going, going with it, you know. So uh, it's uh we started talking, and and Lindsay's been here as long as I have, so it's uh uh it's kind of a, a they've they've set the bar so to speak, you know. You you got state championships, and uh, uh if not for COVID, could have been another one, but uh, it's it's four out of the last five years, and she's like it's pretty. You know, when you look back and you realize that's what you've done, you know, she was an assistant coach on the, the first one, which they won under uh, Coach Knight. And uh, it, they just kind of rolled over and been able to, to sustain that. And she said she'll still, still be paying attention from a distance, you know, and, and uh, you know, you, you can't. She's like, those are the, those are the kids, you know, and you, you got to keep following them. But uh, she said she let them know this morning uh, that she was leaving. Uh, so she decided she said we were supposed to do conditioning. But uh we decided not to. <laughs> so <laughs> gave him a know, break. Gave him uh, a break. Gave him a break on that one. So, uh, so uh, sort of a bittersweet end of an era, kind of, kind of, and and especially with the fact that you you kind of been there with her. Yeah, going going yeah, through all. We were this. we I, like literally I had to sit and stop for a second, and you know, I said, "When'd you get here?" And she said, "The 2016-2017 school year," and I came on in the spring of. 2017 which is i think it was right in time for baseball and softball season so that was one of those things where like we you know 
We've been here kind together. Of, kind of, kind of lockstep, you know. Right, right. So. Sticking with softball, uh, a former, I believe she was a Denham Springs standout. Correct. Uh, had quite a year in her uh, collegiate career. A uh, lot of rhyming there. Sorry about that, folks who are listening. Uh, but an absolute, uh, pretty much a solid performance. I mean, you know, one of those things where it, it's about as good as you as you would ever hope it would be. Uh, in that she was her conference MVP, correct? Right, right. So walk us through all that. So I got to talk to to, to Bailey Hughes. It was a, and I I don't think uh, talking to Bailey, uh, her senior year was my first year. So I said I may, may have seen you once or twice, um, but we kind of got to catch up, and it's it's kind of a. Uh, the way things kind of unfolded for her, she she started her career at Nichols, and you know she starts off hitting the ball really well, and then uh, she said uh, that the stadium was undergoing renovations, and all of a sudden we go to home games and we had people there, and it was something like a you know like got people, and I got nervous, and so that the hitting kind of dissipated. Sure. So going into that sophomore year, she talked to the coach, and uh, you know I've talked about this and talking to other athletes, it's, it's finding that role on the team, and. Uh, they said you're you're going to be our uh, I guess you know courtesy runner designated runner you're going to steal bases get on you know score runs and things like that which she readily accepted that role and and you know kind of flourished in that as a sophomore and then going into her junior year uh, it it wasn't so much a softball thing it was an academic thing she you know she transferred to uh, LSU Alexandria and uh, kind of uh, you know moved over there and it. it for academic reasons and so uh again it was kind of like you're you're trying to find your role trying to find things to do and then uh covid kind of hits right slows everything down so uh, she said that the, the thing there i said how weird was it there where you're you know you're probably in the meat of your conference schedule at a point when it shuts down and she's like came back close to home got a job started working and you know that money helped pay for some classes in, in school you know so she was able to do that, and then and then this this year she just kind of you know you don't want to say comes out of nowhere, but she's she just puts together just a, just a stellar season, you know. And she said gave a lot of credit to her uh to her teammates and everything for for kind of uh sticking with her and staying with it and everything. And um, I'm just trying to figure out uh, trying to look at numbers here so I can get you guys some of these numbers, but uh, um I know. She 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 got caught on one stolen base, and that was the one that kind of stood out. She said, "I know what happened. I know how I got caught. I know how you know it wasn't the ones that she stole. It was the one she got caught on." Yeah. Right, right. That's the one that kind of sticks out. Um, but um, and and they had to deal with some adversity too with injuries. Uh, at one point there was eleven people on the team. Uh, because of injuries. just enough to play. Yes, yes. And they go into and and it was one of those things where it was one of the 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 way the subs worked out if it would they would have had one more injury she said they would have gone into the field with eight players on the on the on the field yeah uh the way they had the sub set up so it's uh you know when and they get into the uh they get a share of the conference title they get into the tournament uh they're hosting it and they went to another thing where the the numbers weren't a lot of numbers because of uh some players in covid uh quarantine or whatever and uh they they wind up losing two games and they they were done uh but for her, um, she's got a chance to, uh, you know, she had a chance to come back and, and play, but she got a uh, a job offer at uh, Ostner in Baton Rouge. So she is going to enter the workforce. Uh, I talked to her last week, so I think I think it's going to be next week. She's gonna she's gonna go to work. 
Uh, oh wow! Okay, got a, got got a, got a job. So, so. Gra- so graduated and also had you know uh, a big final season. Yeah, I guess you could say, and that's basically what she said. It's just one of those things where you know, because I, I asked her, you know, hey, you could come back, and she said, no, I just felt like with this team that we had, the group that we had, and the way that that you know I finished the season, this was a heck of a way to go out. So right. That's uh, that's basically what it was for her. Okay, so thank you, sir. Um, sure. Of course, we're going to be having, uh, trying to play catch up on some signings and getting in touch with some other folks Got that are few, playing yeah. collegiate ball, uh, trying to get get in touch with them as as we sort of move through the summer. This is kind of the it's really slow time. Y'all don't have, as you notice, we're recording this a little later. There's no seven on seven. I believe basketball's wrapped up. Basketball's wrapped up. Uh, and and mostly just travel ball going on at the moment. So getting hot here in July. So, David, moving back over to you and the news portion of group therapy. Um, as always, we have uh, uh, Perkins Watch, uh, which which is a, a continual update as we are supposedly getting closer to a trial date, uh, which, sh- which should be next week. But the most recent update is they are going to look for another postponement. So tell us about that. Yes, Jarrett Ambo, who was representing Dennis Perkins, the former sheriff's lieutenant, uh, he uh, he has to hire court this week, uh, First Circuit Court of Appeals, if uh, to postpone the trial. Uh, if you remember, a couple weeks ago during the last hearing, uh, Judge Erica Sledge agreed to sever this the defendants, meaning that Dennis and Cynthia Perkins would be tried separately, but he. But she also uh, denied his request to have the trial postponed. Uh, Jared Ambo is, he's been saying that he is uh, one of the attorneys for another, for another case, a first degree murder trial that's going on uh, that starts the same day, July 12th, that the, that Dennis Perkins' trial is supposed to start. He's saying he's one of the counsel that he's the only one experienced enough to, you know, sort of uh, going over the forensic side of of the evidence in the in the trial and uh so so that has been his claim uh prosecutors don't agree they've they've been saying that you know this trial date has been set in stone for a year and but so there's a lot of back and forth going on right now but but as of right now there has been no been no update as of uh noon a little after noon on wednesday july 7th so we'll find you know the trial Dennis Perkins' trial is supposed to start July 12th, so we'll find out hopefully in the next couple of days whether or not that it will or if it's going to be postponed. But, you know, just kind of out of uh, out of everyone's hands right now, you know, just depends on what the judge decides. So, uh, you know, that that's going to be an ongoing process, I'm sure, for a while, especially since they were allowed them to be severed and to be tried separately. So uh, you will be on top of that, I'm sure. Uh, also, on the on the list, uh, I believe uh, did it uh, uh, make it in the? Did we talk about the fields last week? Did it make? No, no, we, we did not. But we could talk about this week. Yeah, I mean, just um, the 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 baseball field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that well, last week me and Rob went to a. Uh, you know, it wasn't really a ceremony or anything. It's kind of kind of got rained out. That's the theme of uh, anything special that's supposed to be going on. It's just gonna rain, but um, but uh. There was uh, elected officials and school leaders. They they announced that uh, the that the state would be funding some new lights that are going to be going up 
at the Holden and Moorpaw baseball and softball fields. Um, you know, this is those are the only two high schools in the parish that still do not have lights, so they have to play all of their games during the day. So, I mean, it really, you know, they're not able to have those home crowds that you would see, you know, at your at some of your other schools that can have lights, you know, and, you know, have their teams play at night and have parents be able to come after work and that sort of thing. So, uh Clay uh, Sheck Snyder, he was there. Uh, Representative Buddy Mincy was there. Um, so as long as well as you know, Superintendent Joe Murphy and his assistant superintendents, and then you know you had coaches and principals from both schools. Um, but yeah, I mean it was it was just something that uh, something that was needed to be done in the parish. It was from uh, there was a surplus in the state's operational budget and so they were able to that's where they're able to get some of these funds from and um mr murphy said it would be probably around three hundred thousand per school to to install lights there and they're hoping to have them up for the next baseball season which starts in january 2022 but you know they have to go through all their process now and that's actually one of the uh, agenda items this week is uh, to get that process rolling they have to you know name a professional record advertise for bids you know have all the bids come in and choose the right one and so it's a bunch of bunch of stuff but yeah they're hoping that it will be done in time for the next baseball season and it doesn't come out of the school district's budget which is the it's the big winner uh Big, uh, big, yeah, winning position there. <laughs> Whatever I was trying to say. And those schools have never had a chance to play at night, have they? Nope. Oh, yeah. You always no, got to play early. It's, uh, it's one Unless of those. They play things, somewhere else. It's one of those things where you know, in in talking to the coaches, Coach Greg Watt, it's going to be one of those things where they're hopefully they they can get the the bigger crowds. You know, people can get off work a little later and they maybe come out and and watch them. And he kind of jokingly said that could have, you know. He's, you know, when he's doing work on the field, the sun goes down, he goes home. So he said it might, uh, jokingly said it might lead to a divorce for him because the lights are going to be on. Huh. He can hang out there as long as he wants. So, sure. uh, you know, but for him, he said it's, this has been 30 years in the making. And, and, you know, he was he was really proud, really happy. Um, and for when I talked to Miss Roundtree, Chris Roundtree, the principal at Holden, um, she kind of said that, you know, maybe those lights could be maybe a centerpiece to where they, they start, the lights come out and then, Maybe they start adding on some, uh, making some other additions to to the fields out there at Holden as well. Sure. So we'll be uh, we'll be looking forward to that. As David said, that's uh, it's a process. You know, the bid process for government right. takes a while, uh, but we'll be looking forward to maybe them getting that done uh, by the spring season. Uh, last but certainly not least, a bit of an update on uh, the uh, uh, the Baglio uh, uh, situation, the Elvis Presley impersonator. Uh, so would you give us that update, Mr. Gray? Yes. Uh, the the His stepson, Trey, I always mess up this last name. Pygott. There you go. Thank you. Um, he he was uh, formally indicted by a grand jury of second-degree murder, so that's just kind of the latest on that. Uh, if you you know if y'all remember, Jason Baglio was a Elvis Presley impersonator. He performed all across South Louisiana. I did a feature on him a few years ago because he had a really special connection at the Livingston Council on Aging site in Denham Springs, and he also became the head chef there. They had opened up a kitchen, and he he became the head chef. He he got a lot of new equipment in there, and uh, and then you know that happened uh, a few few weeks after they opened i mean maybe two weeks after they uh you know had a nice ribbon cutting ceremony for the new kitchen so so that is uh as you said that's the latest on that so we'll keep you know keep you updated with other things that come out from that 
And I said last, but certainly not least, but I was wrong because there is one story I miss. It's a Mr. David Gray story. Uh, there is uh, federal dollars coming down through the state oh, yes. for COVID um, I'd, I'd, I'd recovery, I guess you can call it. And it, it they're going to individual municipalities, and it depends on population. That story will be on Thursday's paper. Uh, Mr. Gray, will you give us a breakdown, please? I mean, basically, the breakdown is yeah, there's uh, eight municipalities or areas in Livingston Parish, I believe. I think it was eight total that are going to receive... $8.4 million out of the state's $315 million. Um, and these didn't, uh, this $315 million was not uh, directed toward any of the bigger cities, you know, your New Orleans, Baton Rouge, that sort of, those sort of cities. This is more of your smaller cities getting those funds and just to help with COVID uh, relief. So, I mean, the, the biggest one was obviously Denham Springs. That was technically the only city that was listed. They had walker listed as a town um which is incorrect by the way yeah yeah i I, (laughs) I didn't get that but uh but you know there you go so so but denim springs is getting 3.6 million then you have walker that's uh getting the second most uh 2.3 million and then i believe springfield might have had the uh, lowest amount with 194,000. um and then you know you have your other village uh french settlement killian livingston uh, the town of Livingston, Port Vincent, uh, those are in Albany. So th- that's kind of rounds out the areas that are supposed to be getting some federal dollars. So we will be keeping an eye on that. I mean, as with federal or government bill- bidding, getting money from the federal government takes a while as yeah. well. And it's going to be coming in two separate allocations, one in 2022 and then one in 2023, well, or possibly later, as they say, because it, like you said, it is government money, so it takes a while to <laughs> get it in. Right. So uh, that'll round out the show for today. Appreciate you two gentlemen taking the time to sit down and give us an update about what's going on in Livingston Parish. We're going to do a little introduction here, and we're going to start with on the left. Hey, this is Rob DeArmond. I'm sports editor here at the Livingston Parish News. And on the right. And this is David Gray, lifestyle editor with the Livingston Parish News. And my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor in the news. Appreciate you guys joining us. For the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, this is Group Therapy, a time where the three of us get to sit down, talk about what's going on in Livingston Parish. Please remember that the news is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. We have a podcast page as well. Anytime you hear me talking about some of those other podcasts I'm doing, you can find them there. They are free. Check them out. Again, Appreciate you guys joining us and listening. Appreciate these two fellas sitting down and giving us their time, and we will see you next time.